knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. It's bitter cold today. It's windy, blustery. We've been seeing some snow flurries. No, we did not move to the Scottish Highlands. Although you wouldn't know it sometimes living in Western Pennsylvania. However, we did recently just procure some Scottish Highland cattle. These seem to be all the rage right now on YouTube. You're seeing lots of YouTube homesteads getting Scottish Highland cattle. Instagram, you're seeing them pop up everywhere. What is it about these cows? Why do people love them? Why do homesteaders love them? Why did we decide to bring some onto our homestead? In today's show, we're going to talk about that. Why we decided to get some Scottish Highland cattle. And we're going to share with you some funny stories about getting them. A couple of warnings if you're deciding to get some cattle, Scottish Highland or other. Uh, some things to look out for. We almost got scammed. It's going to be a great podcast. If you could do two things for me while you're waiting for the show to begin. First off, just smash that thumbs up button. It helps other people find our show. And then also, if you wouldn't mind hitting the share button, it will copy a link to this video and then pasting it on your favorite social media site. Helps other people find our show. Tell those people what to look forward to. We're going to do a whole episode on Scottish Highland cattle. So if people are interested in getting some of these cool animals or they just love those animals. And if you still have time before the show begins in the chat box, let us know what would be your dream cow on your homestead. What would you like to see? The show will begin in just a minute. Thank you for joining us. Let's get into it.
We had a very exciting day recently. We shared it with those on the YouTube channel, but if you're listening on the podcast, you don't even know this yet. Uh, recently, we welcomed our very first beef cattle to the homestead. It was a very exciting day for us. Let's take a quick look back at that day when the long awaited for, we've been talking about it for ages, long awaited for beef cattle arrived. Today. Today's the day. Today. Oh. It's delivery day. So it would only be fitting that like right up to the very unloading moment, we had problems with this getting the beef cows to the farm. Yes. But they're here, let's go say hi. Know which one's which, but right now I do not. We'll tell you names soon enough. You can get used to them. Our first horned cattle. We've been stockpiling grass. Stockpiling just for this specifically. We've been rotating our Jersey girls through this pasture and we stockpiled a lot of pasture for when the beef arrived. They're going to need more hay or more feed throughout the winter than our Jersey girls do. Our Jerseys go through so little hay, it's not even funny. They are not too spooky with us right now, which is great. Also, we do not know how much they've been trained to electric and rotational grazing and that sort of thing. So right now they have a very large area with a hot perimeter. We've already seen them come up to the perimeter. They know it's hot and uh, pretty soon we'll try to start working them into smaller sections and rotationally grazing through this field here. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. So this was a momentous moment for us as homesteaders. We have been cow owners for... Five years. Going on, going on five years? Yeah, maybe six. But beef, I don't know, it feels like. Uh, and somebody actually commented that when we talked about getting beef. Um, it was somewhat snarky of a comment. <laughs> I'm but... shocked we got a snarky <laughs> comment on But YouTube. dairy and beef are different. 
So what did they say? Uh, when when dairy cow owners say they're getting beef, he thinks about people who say, I have a goldfish, so now I'm going to get a shark. Okay, so it's uh, a little hyperbolic. <laughs> hyperbolic at, at least. <laughs> at least, uh, but they are different animals. Yeah. Uh, and the reason we got dairy cows to begin with was me. Kind yeah. Of something I wanted to try in the homestead that Austin never really, I think, wanted to. No, I, I mean, yeah, I've said this for years. Uh, larger livestock, I didn't grow up with it. I'm not used to it. I am afraid of it by nature. Intimidated. So anymore. Yeah. yeah. But um, so when you and wanted you didn't to get want cows. The routine of daily milking. And definitely had no interest in being a milk Made. individual. <laughs> <laughs> My milk pronoun. No, um, I'm not I'm not into that day. Even with a homestead, you know, I don't do the same thing every day. I rarely do all the all And the, in your life you really do the same thing. We were just every talking day. about this yesterday. Like I'm a person who cringes at the thought of having to do the same a thing routine. every day. Yeah. I know some people love their like daily routine and I have little things I do every day. Like we have coffee together and that's about all I can handle. No. <laughs> Nothing else can, and I eat twice a day. Which is good for you to know, right? The milk isn't your thing. Yeah. But I wanted to try it. Yeah. Uh, so we did the goats at first and then I wanted to try a cow. Yep. On our little 10 acre forest stead, you called it today. Yeah. So there's a lot of woods, not much grass. Not a great place to have a single dairy cow. We got by. Mm -hmm. Definitely no place for a beef cow herd. No. Yeah. No. It was, we had mostly wooded. Yeah, we were kind of chipping away. We had barely some trees an acre and growing of some grass. Yeah. Yeah. So it was never in our mind back when we lived in Connecticut to do beef. It just was out of the question, and that's one of the reasons I'm such a hunter because we like you know red meat. I wanted red meat, but we were never going to do beef. So I became a hunter so we could get some venison and that would fill the red meat. And then we did pigs because you don't need as much pasture for pigs. So we had pork. Yeah, we did the chickens. We did the chickens. Then everything kind of changed. Moving to PA, such a huge difference as far as animals for us. Because here, a lot more pasture. A lot more defense as far as pasture oh, goes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think because for years we've been using the animals as a tool of land management, right? We've been... Or at least attempting to, right? Like, oh, we have a bunch of weeds, so let's get some goats out there and see yeah. how that works. And, you know, instead of mowing the lawn, let's get some sheep and see how that works. Didn't really work for lawn mowing. But no. we've always looked to animals as a tool for managing the land. And when we came here, our little herd of a couple goats and one dairy cow and a couple chickens and then the meat chickens every year, it didn't touch the place. No, we we had to mow. Like it was just growing so quickly. And if there's one thing I hate doing, it's mowing. <laughs> I I yeah, I've shared this story many times. I hate mowing the lawn. It's like big waste of time. Now I know it needs done, but I don't like doing it. So I'm always thinking, what can we do to manage this better? I think it as we your homestead kind of dictates what animals you should have. Right, your land specifically, right? How much of it you have to work with. What you want to do with it. Real quickly, we were like, well, let's grow the cow herd. Because they're just so easy. Even as far as the fencing requirements, we're able to keep our cows in with a couple strands of uh, just 
fencing, which is great. The water that we installed oh, yeah. works perfectly for the cows. Oh man, that made life so much easier, our auto water. So we keep, it's not intentional. It's not like we've been saying, this is for cows, this is for cows, this is for cows. It's been like, well, then this will be good for the cows and the pigs and the sheep, but everything just works out so perfectly for the cows. Yeah, and all the other animals have become kind of secondary to our dairy cow herd, and that has grown, and the business side of that has finally emerged after 10 years of homesteading and talking about how to, you know, have a business doing it too. Now we have some calves yeah, that we're, we're able to Yeah, we're doing something a little different sell. than we've done. And, you know, we have the, the food product in the dairy, and... It grew, now we have, how many cows? We're up to three cows. Mm -hmm. We got a bull. Two calves. Currently this two calves. This is our calves. Jersey herd. We're this not talking the about the herd. Highlands yeah. yet. So we're growing it, we're growing it. And I think it was last year, as I was working with the Jersey girls, rotationally grazing them daily throughout the field. And, and you love it, which is so funny. <laughs> For somebody who like, doesn't want to milk every day, you love to go up there and move the fences, like watch the cows eat the grass. I wonder why. I wonder why, because it is something you maybe? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, why do I like rotationally grazing cows versus like milking Like those day? wide open spaces. I do. I like getting outside. I always say I don't love being in the barn. I'm not like a barn I want to say barn rat but that sounds like a bad thing like a barn mouse a barn I'm not like a person who likes to loves to be in the barn I like to be outside in the field in the woods and getting out there in the field every day moving the cows onto fresh pasture and then that sound and the the, the beautiful scenery of the cow eating the grass I just love that mm. and you know doing that every single day with the dairy herd it became more and more apparent, like, we need more cows. Our pasture kept getting overgrown. I couldn't keep up with how much we had. And I was mowing still. Mm. I was still cutting, which is okay. It's it's Mowing is not bad for your pasture. It's good for the pasture. You just don't want to do it. I just would rather see it getting utilized by the animals. And the thing is, at the same time, I didn't want more dairy cows. No. We were... We're kind of at our max as far as dairy, I think, as far as how often we're milking, um, how often we want to be milking. Yeah. By nature, our dairy cows, the minute they calf, they need our, our, our babying, right? Mm -hmm. Well, they need to be milked. Yeah. They need to be milked. They need to be, you know, make sure the calf is cared for, right? We're very hands-on with the dairy. Yes. And it requires a lot of us. Uh, and then, of course, if you have dairy cows, you want to milk them. Like, that's the whole reason. Yeah, that's the whole point. But we also keep having our own kids. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we don't need to add on any more dairy to our farm. But you wanted to add more, what would you call them? Um, like, I'm thinking like footprints. You want that like crushing the oh, mob, yeah. right? Yeah, you the want mob. that like wiping out the grass. I want to grow the mob. Yeah. And when when I was moving the animals through, I wasn't seeing when you read about rotational grazing, when you study it. I went and uh, took that field trip to Eli Mac Farms and uh, saw what his cows did when they moved through an area 
they literally just crushed and destroyed the vegetation, which is good. Which is good. Yeah, you want that. You want them crushing it, and that way it dies and decays, and it builds your soil, and it nutrients, it gets the nutrients it needs. We weren't able to do that with just three cows. It just wasn't enough. But we didn't want more dairy. But we enjoy the cows. You and I both, more and more, I think, would say cows are our favorite thing on the farm. Yeah, both of us. Which is even pretty mind-blowing for Austin. Th this year I have, like, talked about even getting, like, I would be willing to not even have pigs anymore, which is a big deal. Just do, like, feeder pigs. Yeah, a couple feeder pigs. And it, it might get to that point, you know, whenever a new baby shows up, that always... Yeah, it mixes things up. Yeah, it adds more work to our family load. So if we have to lighten the load... We always do our kind of meeting in December and talk about, all right, what are we going to do for the new year? So no spoilers here. We don't actually, we're not getting no, rid of we pigs have yet. Nothing we haven't talked planned. about this. But we have mentioned I would be willing to get rid of almost every other animal if we needed to, but not cows. I just wanted more when it came to cows. Oh, no. And I guess chickens and goats will stay too. <laughs> the kids are threatening us. <laughs> Speaking of which, super th uh, thanks for the super chat. The kids are dancing again in there. Sharon Spurlock, uh, as you guys know, we say this all the time, the Super Chats go to the crew, and uh, they're in there jumping up for Enjoying joy. It. So thank you for that. That was why we settled on beef, finally. And it's something we've talked about for a few years. Yeah. Kind of, it's been your thing you go to, beef. Someday we'll do beef. And I've always said that would be your, you know, if you want to spearhead that. Yeah, and... You know, we, we got out a bit, big thing this year. We wound up shifting out of our camels. Yes. Camels were a big expense in not only financially, um, but also in just management, focus, attention, time, energy, all that. Um, we and went from needing the product to not only not needing it, but also not being able to get it. Yeah. So it just didn't make sense No, anymore. as a homestead, having them didn't make sense. But they left a hole where we had what had been going to camels now was empty. Yeah, we had the, the resources, time, energy. Yeah, and so we decided, you know what? Maybe now's the time to make the step into... The business <laughs> the, uh, of beef. The business of beef. And um, that's when I guess we started researching, right? We started really looking in like we always do. Um, and we've been to other beef producers in the past. There was one when we were in Connecticut about, oh man, we had just started doing the videos, I think. And uh, we saw Morgan who raised, De raised Dexter cattle in Connecticut. Yeah, we we went toward that farm, um, and then, you know, just... Recently, we went to Eli's farm, Mac Farms, where he has the Highlands. So just kind of getting an idea of the other beef options out there, and the, the, um, the smaller breeds. So yeah. the more slow-growing, more kind of homesteader breeds that you see a lot out there, the Highlands or the Dexters. For us, you know, there's a lot of really good beef breeds out, beef breeds out there, and... Um, you know, again, chat box. Let us know if you're out there and you're watching. Or you have your beefs that yeah, you love. Yeah, what's your favorite? We've learned over the years with homesteading, there's never a right answer. Like, 
this is the best breed for everybody. Yeah, that's what I always think about the dairy cows. Like, we love our mini jerseys. But some people look at them and think, why? Like, how much milk are you getting? And why would you spend the time with that? I, I want eight gallons a day. I'm going to get a Holstein for my family. Sure, you know, do that. If that's a better choice for your family, then that's the choice for your family. And beef are kind of the same way. Yeah. People are going to look at one breed and think, why would you do that? Yeah. And... I guess by nature of being on YouTube so long, we get a lot of those comments and we're like ready to explain ourselves. But really, it just comes down to uh, personally, what do you want in your homestead? What are you looking for? Um, and you're not married to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I like one of the things I always love about livestock is you can always eat it. <laughs> so <laughs> you make a wrong choice. If we say, oh, these aren't the beef for our farm, or you say, wow, this wasn't the beef choice for our farm. Just eat it and yeah. try something else. Yeah. Um, can't do that with dogs. <laughs> I mean, technically you can. Or technically horses. you can. The, the right breed, there's no right breed out there. For us, it just came down to what breeds were we interested in. And availability for our area. Uh, talking about if you want to crossbreed or have registered animals, what's in your area? Yeah. We didn't really look at many different breeds. No, that's, I think we focused on like those homesteader staples, right? That you yeah. see so much of. And uh, I guess by name, because we already had the mini jerseys, you know, we already had cow experience uh, to that extent. We knew like, okay, we're not afraid of cows. We just jumped right to, we need, we, we know we want a beef breed. What are we interested in doing? What do we like the looks of? What do we want to work with? What do we want to see out on the in the field? What what is the property like that we want to manage them with too? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I don't know. The Highland cattle for me just they were just something I thought was so cool. <laughs> I, I wanted that here on this homestead. Yeah, and they. I think they kept popping up for us as an option when we went to Eli's farm. We've been talking with Eli. We had his bull here last year, yeah. year and a half ago, and we loved that little bull. We <laughs> loved him, seeing him here. Yeah, that's true. You know, actually, when we were preparing for this episode, I forgot about that. Forgot that we actually got him on the farm and seeing him out there, how cool he was. Just And his temperament, I really liked. Yeah. And... and you know, initially, and I talked about this in our recent video, initially it was a matter of, I just, I personally thought they were cool looking. They would, they're just this beautiful animal and I'd love to see them in the field. Then you start doing the research. They're so eye-catching. Right. That, would, would that, they be that right like for us? catches your eye. And then when you're learning more about them, then you decide, okay, is this really going to be practical for us in our situation? Yeah. And that's where, you know, you learn about, okay... They're a great, uh, great breed for low quality browse uh, to mid quality, right? If you don't have the best pastures out there, they'll still do good. We have really nice pastures, but there are areas of the homestead where we're trying to further develop. And actually from scratch, you'll see this in the upcoming year. We have areas that we've clear cut that are just dirt right now. Hmm. And we're going to try to plant. It's real bad forage. <laughs> really? 
they can get fat off of dirt. That's I'll be really <laughs> impressed. That's another thing. Me personally, when yeah. I'm looking, what I was looking for as a shift from the mini jersey was something I wouldn't have to milk. Something that would be good maternal instincts, right? So they'll have a calf in the field, take it on, no problem, raise a baby for six months. Um, hardy. Something really hardy. We don't pull the jerseys into the barn. Ugh, maybe if somebody like has a calf, a baby calf, or like a newborn calf. But it, it's so nice not to have to keep animals in the barn. Yeah. I didn't want to bring something on that would have to be in the barn. The Highlands definitely do not. Yeah, and uh, and then we mentioned too in our past video, uh, the beef is an excellent quality beef. Yeah. It's a, uh, known for its tenderness. <laughs> uh, also, low cholesterol, which not everybody needs low cholesterol beef, but we were interested in that because we have family members who are looking for that. And we like to raise stuff that can be used by our, our friends and family locally. Yeah, just all around the research we're doing, we're seeing this breed more and more is just appealing to us on every level. And that's when we decided, you know what, we don't have to look into all these other breeds. We like this. Well, I mean. Ticks all the boxes. There's always the future. <laughs> we can try whatever can we want eat going them and forward. Get them <laughs> uh, and, and then you recognize that there are cons that come with them. Yeah. So we've never have, horn have had horned cattle before. That's a different kind of working with them, getting used to them, learning about them and how to deal with the horns. They're slow growing. So whether it's getting them to breeding age or getting them to butchering age, they're going to take longer than yeah. a lot of the other breeds. But we're not, we're not in it for commercial production, so we don't want to start like a, a beef business. <laughs> it's our like little baby beef business for yeah. ourselves. One of the things we've learned over the last decade is we don't personally, on the business side of things, like focusing on food. The food we like to do for ourselves. When it comes to the business side, we like the livestock being the actual the, product, the livestock selling. on the hoof. Just, I mean, there's we could do a whole podcast on this, the you know business side and why I we personally like livestock. But um, I mean, just USDA, right? If you're trying to sell meat, there's so many things. You get red tape, you got to jump through, and loopholes you got to look for. And there's. There's already people around us doing it, so yeah. it, I don't want to race to the bottom kind of thing, given just that there are bigger farms, even in our area in Pittsburgh, bigger highland cattle farms who are in it to sell beef, so yeah. we're not in it to go up against them. No, so for us, we wanted to find some animal that also the value in the calves would be there, and we could keep calves as you know, the focus of what we would be producing and selling as the herd grew. And that is one thing we saw is a registered Highland cattle, calf, steer, bull, heifer calf. They do sell. They sell very well. Yeah. Uh, so, and just, and that's something we've been getting asked a lot too, the cost, you know, the cost associated with them. Some people say, oh, I want to get into Highland cattle, but they're uh, too expensive. Um, one of the things you'll always see within any particular breed is there's a range. There's a range of what you can expect to pay. You might find a dairy or a beef producer locally who has lots of animals. Maybe they're not registered. Um, they're a larger herd, and every year in the spring he sells a bunch of calves. And they're on the more inexpensive side of things, right? 
your maybe you can go pick up a jersey from your local dairy barn for yeah a bottle baby for a couple hundred bucks yeah. right five hundred bucks whereas if you're buying a mini jersey from a registered breeder and it's you know a 36 inch cow and it produces eight gallons of milk a day <laughs> you're gonna spend twenty thousand dollars <laughs> so there's a spectrum right when we were looking at the highlands yeah, so age will matter. If you're going registered, you want a registered Highland heifer calf. Six months old will probably be a few thousand dollars. Um, you get the more time and resources the breeder's putting into them, the more expensive they're going to be. So you can breed, I think it's three years old they recommend breeding. Um, if you're getting a heifer who's closer and closer to three, maybe coming bred, that's going to be four, three to four thousand dollars depending on your area, maybe higher. And one of the things we found which was very helpful for kind of getting an idea of the the price and what was fair and what wasn't was the auctions. Yes. Uh, I know for me personally I hear a livestock auction and for a long time that had a negative connotation. You kind of think of your local county livestock auction, right? Where yeah. everyone's bringing their, uh, just want to sell my beef, want to sell these goat uh, bucks, that's what we did. So goat bucks at one. Got roosters to sell. It's kind of like a hodgepodge of all this stuff. Yeah, you, and people will sometimes talk about how, oh, you know, you never know what you're getting at the auction. And, you know, there could, be, there could be, you could be getting a lower quality animal. We found within the world of the Highlands, there are some really nice auctions where the breeders show up, their name, who they are, their website, their information, you can research them. They're using the auction as a tool to sell their cattle yeah. at a very fair value because an auction literally... The one we went to had, was like a whole weekend event, so it was a show and then the auction. Yeah. So you'd have the calves who, okay, this calf placed this place and now it's up for auction. So you kind of see these animals had been judged, they're healthy, uh, they're breed standard, so you know... I'm, I'm purchasing a quality animal. And yeah. the breeders have their name on the animal, so they do want to keep their good name there. And uh, we wound up picking up a couple through <laughs> picking this. Picking them up. <laughs> and uh, we'll let you meet them right now. We got a nice little introductory. If you, if you missed our video already, uh, you can take a minute here and you can meet our brand new Highland cows. So this one here is Nan. She's our older one. This one here behind me, a little bit, I think, brighter color, fuller, uh, bigger body. That's Jolene. She's younger. I think uh, I think Jolene's the looker of the two. But I think I like Nan's personality a little bit. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right. 
and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. So, uh, yeah, you get to meet our two Highland girls, uh, Jolene and Nan, and awesome, awesome. We were super happy to find these two. Now, uh, I actually, I mentioned the intro here. We were going to have some funny stories to share. And I think the way we got them, because we were at an auction. Yeah, well, it's an online auction. It was an online auction. Uh, you were watching the kids. Your parents were here. Yes. So you had the kids with your parents watching them. Kay was that's like. that's what I said. She was like. So I will not be disturbed. You're taking the kids and you're leaving the house. And I'm going to focus on this auction. Yeah. Well, once every... 13 years I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's hunting season, so I owed her some quiet time to focus on something she liked. The We had done our research. You knew who was up for sale. You knew the pros and cons of each. Yes. I would I would approach it differently next time, knowing just the like flow of an auction. This was our first... Like, yeah, first it, one. I had seen one earlier it. that month, but it was a small one, so I didn't... It was just harder to tell, like, prices and what was going on. But this one was a much larger one. So yeah. I got an idea, like... And I'm new to this world, this, like, purebred Highland cattle world. So so I had a recommendation from a breeder, try to get this cow. And I got her. But Austin didn't know I, I didn't got know her. I know I wasn't here. <laughs> so towards the end of the auction, my parents were here and the kids were hanging out with my parents. So I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sneak over and see how we're doing. And it was like two cows. Two cows left. Two yeah. cows left. I walked in at the second, or no, three cows, because it was the last at the end of the auction was like all the the cows that were bred, confirmed bred cows, and all the you know build your herd cows. It no, it was kind of like just those were the ones that, that happened were to be left. okay. Yeah. Well, I got there, and one of the ones we had wanted got up, and we're bidding on it, and we got outbid by a couple hundred bucks. And then there were just two Ugh, left. Auctions. So the next one was another. You're always outbid by a couple hundred bucks, you know? You just have to decide, yeah. like, at what point. That's how it works. So the, then jo, uh, then Na uh, Jolene was up, and we had, you know, all the information about Jolene, why we wanted her. Jolene is, how old is Jolene? Do you remember? Eight. Eight years old, so kind of the prime. She's already had a... Oh, yeah, she's lots of calves. She's got calves. Bull calf at her side. Good mom. Yeah, and she's confirmed bread. Confirmed bread, This is yeah. big. We haven't talked about this yet. So Jolene's already confirmed bread, and we're like, this is a herd builder, right? Right away, we're going to get a, a confirmed bread cow, and a little beefer at her side. That's great. And I was like, all right, let's get her. Let's get her. So Kay's at the computer, bid in, and I'm watching. And, you know, oh, yeah. Okay, we can do that. We can do that. And all the way up, and we we win it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, we got one. And you're just like, I was yeah, like, yeah. We did. We got two. 
Huh? <laughs> it's like I got another cow. <laughs> I won one earlier tonight. Uh, why didn't well, you, you tell didn't me? Ask, you didn't Gost. ask. <laughs> you didn't come in like, so did we win anything yet? Uh, note to now self. You know now what I to know. ask next time. Lead with how many did you already, already buy? Already buy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Nan's our, um, hmm. She's our gamble. So she's an older cow. Great genetics. Um, was exposed, pasture exposed, but not bred. So. And uh, when you were at the auction, <laughs> you were they were talking about Nan, and, and they didn't know if she hadn't been confirmed. Not or confirmed. Yeah. It was like coming Monday, the confirmation. And they were like, well, she's been in the pasture. She's been for in the pasture, probably months. bred, no problem. I was like, okay. Hmm. Really good genetics. So we'll see. Yeah. She is our crapshoot, Nan. <laughs> she is a nice cow. And she's also got to be fed her side. She's yes. got little, uh, yeah. which we have, so now we have two cows and they both have a bull calf. When we were looking to get into the beef side of things, you, you were on the hobby level. You were looking to get. Just for me to get started with a Highland, I was looking at just a young heifer, a yearling. I, you know, I was thinking small scale. And you said, let's just do this a little bit bigger. Let's yeah. get some bred cows so we can get this started. Because it does take a while to get them to breeding age and then to have a calf and then to raise that calf. You can see why, why there's expense in these cows because the slow growth. Yeah. We really, you know, after doing the mini Jersey thing for years and literally going from a single bred cow to now having a small herd that keeps going and we get more from every year, I saw how long that takes hmm. with our step into beef now. And it's funny how long it's taken to grow our dairy herd when you say that because all we've had is heifers. Right? It's a shock. So... Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> Um, now, now we have these two little bull calves, which is nice for the beef. But I'm like, all right, our cows are getting older. So hopefully we get a heifer soon out of them. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you have to like keep going, keep thinking like, okay, this is how long it's going to take for the next generation and the and next we've generation. we've used up all our heifer cards. I think so. On the, on the mini jerseys, we've got so many heifers. So when we decided to get into the Highlands, you know, instead of just getting one little heifer, I wanted to get more at once. Which is fantastic, because you know what that means? You had a green light to get more. And They're you're not, like, it's a team. It's a We're team it thing. together. It's not like, well, you got all those cows now. No. No, I've really, I over the years of working with cows, I have just grown to just love this animal. I feel that every homestead over time will find what I'm now calling the keystone animal. This is a new like idea that I want to talk about, you know, in like instructional videos. <laughs> <laughs> Fun. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> now let's get instructional. Uh, the animal that your homestead is built around, the animal that like does the best for your homestead and then all the other animals kind of support that one. And for us, it has become cows. Cattle are the keystone animal on this homestead. Now, if we moved, that would have to it change. Would change. If we moved to a one acre little, you know, piece, you and me in a tiny cabin, this is our dream now that we have like a huge family and a huge farm. Now we're like, we're going to have a little one room log cabin and one acre with nothing to mow. <laughs> we're surrounded by trees. Just all forest, yeah. 
But that would have to change, right? It would adapt and change with our new surroundings. But here, the keystone for our homestead, the keystone animal, is cows. And so moving into the beef, I wanted to have more than just one heifer. I wanted to have the ball rolling because we already have cows. We already have worked with cows. Let's get some great whites. <laughs> it felt like the, the uh, yeah, it was a big step, but not too big. Right, right. And we didn't, I mean, we didn't get a herd. Like no, a huge no. Or a fold, I should say, because technically, if they're you're talking about fold. highlands, they're a fold. Yeah. So we decided a nice kind of middle size. Was so two cows. Two cows. Calves at the side. With calves at the side. Yeah. Those calves, what are we going to do with them? We don't know Those yet. Bull calves. We don't know. I I honestly don't know. Yeah. But we're going to pull them off of their mamas soon. They're old enough to wean. Start working with them and just get, it would be nice to get a feel for them. See what they are like to work with. They're going to. They're going to drag us all over. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to watch. <laughs> no, they're going to drag you all over. Yes, yes. Yes. Um, by nature, you're pregnant. They have big horns. They're larger animals. We I mean, are the being, babies have, like, little baby horns. Yeah. Um, just these cows so They're strong. We're they're going to be so strong. We're learning at a distance, right? We're uh, Yeah, taking some of Karen's tips. Yeah, a lot of Karen's tips. We have a great episode of interview with Karen we've talked about recently, but if you haven't seen that, there's a YouTube version and there's a full-length Pioneer version that talks about your first cattle and how to get used to them safely and learn to be around them. And one of the things we're doing every day is we're feeding them a little grain under the fence to just spend some time around them. We're filling up their water trough. We're talking to them. Uh, that's something I do every time I go up there. I'm chatting with them. Yo, yeah, yeah. We didn't know how um, how friendly they would be with us, especially as new people. My Jersey cows are friendly with me. They're not fans of new people. So cows like routine. They like their people. So now we're just all getting used to each other. Yeah. And uh, doing that, you talked about in our video how cows have a bubble Humans have a bubble, and right now we're learning where our bubbles meet. Yeah, and where they yeah, need where to be. Where we're comfortable, where they are comfortable, and it's all new. Our dairy girls, <laughs> the bubble with them, we're milking them. Literally today I'm, I'm milking one of our girls, and my head is like pressed into her, her leg as I'm trying to, you know, clean her up and get her ready. That is a very different bubble Oh, yeah. Think about, I, I like... I'm so interested in their body language and how they perceive us and how we're perceiving them and just making sure that. So they're moms. They've got their babies at their side. We're predators. Um, we're threatening to them, making sure our posture, our body language isn't threatening to them, but still that we're the boss of the herd. Yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a totally new thing. It is. It's a whole new experience in the dairy. And that's... You know, while the comment was a little, you know, a little snarky about the goldfish and the great white, and it was very much hyperbole, I understand the... The, the sentiment the behind sentiment it. Behind it's a different it. animal. And we're definitely in agreement with... And we, for years, have known this. Dairy and beef are different. And we have taken years to get to the point where we thought, you know what? Our experience with dairy will aid us in this transition while we still have a lot still to learn and we still have, you know. And that's going to be a your cow, like your bottle calf, right? That'll be your your cow that just had a baby. It's they're constantly hormones changing. That'll be your bottle 
your bottle baby who's coming to heat, right? Oh, it's always going to be a different experience for you in your phases of your cow and then your bull that you handle differently than your cow. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of yeah. always always have to be on your toes no matter what. <laughs> yeah, I think you always have to be on your toes with everything homesteading, right? Every step of the way, you're always looking, you're always learning. Um, so we bought our cows. They were in a different state. <laughs> So we had to get our cows here, which meant uh, a new experience for us was learning about shipping animals with, with it not being the breeder of the animal. So the auction house had it set up. This sh We were getting them shipped, no problem. They'd be here the next day. Truck broke down. Now it was time to scramble. Where were our cows going to go? Thankfully... Someone was down there at the auction, one of the organizers who was able to take our cows to his farm while we scrambled for the next, how many weeks? Two or three weeks. Oh my, yeah. It was it was a long to time. To get them here, um, to finally find a reputable livestock hauler, which was not easy to do. No, and we talked about this in a YouTube video, but I know a lot of people listening to the podcast here later don't watch YouTube videos. Um, we were very, very close to totally getting scammed. And scammed, like, not they were going to steal our animals, but that they were going to get us to give them a deposit, and, oh, sure, I'll be there the next day with your cows. Just pay this deposit now. So we would have been out a couple hundred bucks and no closer to getting our cows. And this is not uncommon, apparently, in the world of... Uh, what, what were people saying? Birds? Oh, man. Dakota here Shipping in the chat birds. is sharing stories about the bird world. I'm terrified of ever buying a bird. <laughs> like and having I, it shipped. I don't want a bird anyway. You do. You like birds. I like birds. But, um, yeah, like just any, any livestock world you go into, you have to be cautious because there are people on the Internet. Yeah. So if you're talking about mini jerseys, any kind of mini cattle, you really have to do your legwork to make sure that these people who are sending you these pictures are really, it's their animal. Uh, they're not just going to scam you out of thousands and thousands of dollars and then you'll end up with nothing. Yeah, I read a great tip. I actually, I, maybe Dakota, she's in the chat box. I think it was Dakota who commented this, but you Google search the image to make sure it's theirs. So they didn't not steal it. somebody else's image that they're just copied and pasted and said, yeah, I got a cow for sale. People are such jerks. It's awful. Like, the, all this time they're spending... I was thinking about this guy This guy who was trying to scam me out of 200 bucks to haul these animals. Like, how many hours did you spend doing that? Is it really worth it? I guess so. It must be. I guess it works. Yeah, it must be. But, man, what jerks? So just, just yeah. Just don't be that person. Come on. Be, be on be the look. Don't be a scammer. <laughs> I hope they're not watching our video. I don't think the scammers watch our videos. Hmm. They do look for us when we want to get something uh, shipped, though. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, so we so, did find a reputable shipper. Who actually had some truck breakdowns as well, which I understand. Like, yeah. this stuff happens. Yeah. They got here eventually, safely, happily. And now we're, we're, we're working with them, we're learning about them, and we're, you know, getting into our new routine with beef cows. Which I think is really exciting. One of the things that we do a lot on the channel is... We change. <laughs> we change in our life, not we, just on the channel. Yeah, it's true. I, I think by nature, I'm person. I like 
change. I like new things, trying out new things. And I think you're the same way too, right? I like to really like perfect what we're doing. So if I have a feeling or a sense or like have proof that something's not working for us, I like to make adjustments yeah. and like move on and, and make, make a decision that makes a better choice for our family. And I think that combination over time has led to a homestead where we do a lot of different things. And some people have been on the homestead they grew up on with their parents and they raised the same cattle their whole life. And that's awesome if, if you like that, if that's what you want to do. Um, and I think we get comments from time to time from people who live that kind of life. Oh, you guys are always changing your mind and you're always changing. But we like it. We like trying out new animals. And even just the fact that we have this podcast and this YouTube channel, I do think it's a bit of a service we provide. Is We try all the animals so that Dakota can get them <laughs> <laughs> later. And also, uh, we learn so much about different animals that it really piques our interest and we want to try it. I remember when you went to get that um, goat buckwing. Oh, And you yes. saw for the, the first Cooney time Cooney Cooney pigs. I picked up so a goat, like, but I was like... It throws us in the way of all these different animals that were like, yeah, I want to try that someday. <laughs> I was picking up a goat I didn't want to get and then I saw piggies that I did want to get. I was like, how much for all of those? <laughs> <laughs> They're not for sale. But we wound up with Cooney Coonies. Yeah, it's... Um, it's something new. It's exciting. And will we have Highlands for the next decade? Will they be sold or eaten in two years? We don't know now. <laughs> well, either way, it's going to be. That's kind of the point of them, though. Eaten or Sell sold. or eaten. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes. So hopefully, absolutely, we have sold or eaten some something. Highlands in two years. Will we do them forever? We don't know. We're I, trying them out right now. What will we do forever? Right? Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. On a homestead, especially if you're in it for a long time, you're constantly changing to what you need and breeds. Think of all the different goat breeds out there that you try, or the rabbit breeds, the oh, pigeons, man, yeah. the chickens. Like, yep. try it. Yeah, try. Don't be I'm afraid to try new things. Of, yeah, trying new things and uh, see if it's right and see if it's your next keystone animal. <laughs> got a few questions if you do have some questions you want answered make sure to now's a good time throw them, if i if we haven't covered them yet throw them back in the chat box all caps tag at home steady uh, one good question sharon asked what is your goal number for your herd uh so which herd highlands or jerseys because uh, i feel like the mini jersey side of things we're almost there we're kind of almost maxed yeah i feel like the amount of cows we want to teach every year to milk or actually milk uh, the amount of, you know, calving breeding, we want to do, calving, calving and milking. Yeah, yeah. I feel like about four, four, four cows. We're looking to have, and right now we have the lovely Luna, who is our queen cow now. She's our old, <laughs> our old boss. We were just talking about Luna the other day, the and matriarch. how we'll have Luna. She's like, she's our new ladybug. She's the, she's the. She's taking the place, or is she right there? There she, second she, one in line. She was second in line in the picture behind us, but now she's, boop, she moved up front. Uh, and then we have Honeybee, who 
uh, the podcast people don't know the updates there. That's in the next episode that you're here for. We'll talk about what's happened with Honeybee and her, uh, you know, calving. But if you haven't seen it yet, go to the YouTube channel because everybody here on YouTube knows already. Uh, we we didn't do that video yet. We have nothing about oh, Honeybee yet. Oh, nobody knows. Nobody wow. knows yet. Good thing I didn't spoil anything. I did post on Instagram, though, so people know that there's been a calf. That's the next show Kay will be on. We'll talk about Honeybee's calving. So, Oh, that's fun. Nobody knows. Whoops. No. <laughs> but anyway, Honeybee, and we have Grasshopper, who we all saw how that unfolded. She's on thin ice, Grasshopper. Again. Me. Poor Always. Grasshopper. Always. Yeah, she's become a very... So funny Needy. to go from like this super wild, like now she, every time we're out in the barnyard, she's like, meow, meow. <laughs> she enjoyed the life of a milker. Yeah. She's like yelling at us because all the attention's going to honeybee now. Uh, and then, so yeah. Those are our three. Yeah. Those are our three. We're looking to maybe fill that fourth spot, that fourth cow spot. So it won't be uh, cricket, but we'll see. Cricket no for spoilers. somebody. Huh? No spoilers to... What's next, though? I gotta, I gotta remember where we are. All right, so that's our Jersey side. On the Highland side, what are we looking to have? I don't know. Are we too new? To yeah, really I have think an so. Here? To say to answer that, I think we're too new. Because we will want the beef. And it depends. Am I on? Yeah, pasture management. It depends on what we need for bulls as far as breeding. Right. So it would definitely be a, a learning experience here as we figure that out. I think if I had to just guess, and this will have no long lasting, don't quote me on this, but if I just wanted to, if, if I just wanted to give Sharon a number to imagine, I like the four and four idea hmm. because I just like that amount of calving. Uh, we are familiar with how much work for rotationally grazing for is uh, plus the bulls. So yeah, maybe we're almost to the max for our place. Uh, again, we're working on growing our pasture and having more available land, so maybe that could change. But mm -hmm. for now... You'll have to do more fencing then, you know? Oh, yeah, that's true. So, yeah. we'll see. We'll see, Sharon. We get a... Uh, yeah, there we go. Nope. Let's see. Oh, here you go. Is it true highlands do better on hills? That's what they say. Really? Now, I they do say jerseys are less secure in their footing on hills. Mine have done fine. We don't have like mountainsides, but our Jersey girls do fine on it. And the Highlands are yes, I mean Highlands, right? <laughs> they should do great. Uh, Jack's here from the Mindful Homestead. Welcome, Jack. He wants to know what he missed. Nothing, Jack. Nothing. Um, okay, so let's see. Good, Another good question. Uh, and thank you, Mods, for sharing, Cindy, sharing these questions. Are you going to crossbreed the Highland slash mini jersey? This is a good question. And I, I would say the um, Highland Cattle Association really supports crossbreeding of the Highland cattle. So it's not something that's like unheard of, even as far as Highland cross with another beef to get a kind of faster growing beef. As far as with the mini jerseys, I, yeah, I'd have no problem doing it. Kay really wants, I mean, that's I how we got to into see this. It she sometime. got that, she got that Highland. The little bull. On to the homestead. 
I was hoping to get one calf out of him. What were you calling him? Fuzzy jerseys? <laughs> I don't remember. Something like that. Um, I don't want to right now. No, we do need to get some purebred Highland cattle. Yeah, I want to have some... Our pure... girls, our Highland girls have beautiful udders, though. Beautiful teats for hand milking, so... <laughs> I know, we almost could, like... When they showed up, we were like, whoa. <laughs> hey, Jersey girls, take a look at this. This is what we want. Yeah, if they would let us milk, man. I want to start right now keeping things separate. And once we have a good feel and establish our lines and we're happy with stuff, then I feel like okay with trying to mix. A woolly jersey, Jackson. Woolly. Is that, that sounds, yeah, that's nice. Woolly. I like that. Woolly jersey. Woolly. Um, yeah, so that's one that, but they are really good really great to cross with they're an animal that because you get that good hybrid vigor and they have really good genetics as long as you find you know there's always good and bad genetics within a yeah breed. but if you want like your faster growing highland beef yeah durable hardy all that stuff yep cross it with another beef breed so yeah will you ever get a horse <laughs> what do you love at? homestead channels jack i was eyeing a couple of highland carcasses hanging at my butcher the other day they looked great <laughs> I love homesteaders. We're such a fun crowd. Carcasses. <laughs> I was eyeing a couple Checking of Checking out some carcasses, huh? Oh, yeah. Will we ever get a horse? I do not know. I used to have horses here. Actually, that's what the barn was for. It was a horse barn. Stable. AJ wants to know, how many acres are your cows grazing? So we just did the math not too long ago. Yeah, I don't remember. I think we have currently seven acres for the mini jerseys inside of our perimeter. So fence. our high tensile fencing. Right, and we have been uh, rotationally grazing, like very quickly moving them through. And our cows, our mini jerseys require much less than like even a full size jersey or anything else. Uh, just to give you an idea, in the winter time, a flake of hay A flake a of day. hay, no. No. Flake's the small part, a bale? Right, a bale a day for all of them. For the three girls. Yeah, we'll like keep the. We'll three go through girls. more this year. Yeah, now we have more. We have the bull and stuff, but, but anyway, just they require a lot less. So we have seven, but we also have the entire perimeter around the high tensile fence, which we're able to move our mini jerseys out there because they're very respectful of fence. They're very well trained. So we have an additional. We probably have like eleven acres being grazed here. And now we have a brand new 11 we're going to be developing. So yeah. all in all, and then we have another field. If we needed it, we could graze them through. I would like to get us to like 20 acres of grazing or more. So we'll see in time. 20 acres of fencing. Yeah. Yeah, that's the trick. That's the tough part. <laughs> so a new adventure you're going to watch and enjoy as we bumble along. <laughs> bumble along. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah. Yeah, so have fun with us. <laughs> <laughs> As always. Uh, if you're looking forward to seeing more Highlands, learning more about Highlands, we have <laughs> a show planned next week. Homesteady Pioneers can join us for this one live. Um, we're going to be talking to a homesteader who has lots of Highlands on their homestead, uh, as well as very active 
uh, just in all kind of like, you know, they got all kinds of different Chickens, livestock, yeah, hunting. Uh, if you've ever heard of uh, Roseborg, Roseburg, the channel's Roseburg, um, go check them out. And we're going to be talking to them about their homestead and Highland cattle and all kinds of other good things. So Sarah, cute baby. Sarah is going to be joining us from Roseburg to talk about Highlands. Yeah, they, got a, a, they just had a baby. Uh, and she's out there like baby on her back feeding cows and feeding their chickens and their other stuff and then going hunting in the afternoon living that like homestead life and uh, so that'll be a really fun interview very cool people homesteady pioneers you can join us live for that and ask questions of sarah about their highlands about their homestead their operation if you want to ask hunting questions i'm sure she'd love to talk some hunting but everybody will get to see the uh, youtube version will release later uh, so if you're not a pioneer, don't worry, you'll get to still enjoy that interview. That'll be next week. And then we have to, next week, get ready for it, the Honey Bee series begins. Yes. Now we're getting close as well to taking some time off to have our own baby. Yeah. So. Yeah. So as far as when is the next live stream or podcast uh, with Kay here and covering Honey Bee and the Honey Bee series, uh, the best thing you can do is join the email list. When our baby shows up, as always, we both take a, a maternity and paternity leave. Uh, so when the baby does show up, we will go silent for at least we'll two weeks. We'll hibernate for a little bit. And uh, possibly more. So if you're on the email list, I'll email everybody and say, hey, good news, baby's here. We'll see you in a couple weeks. So you will, we will have that interview with Sarah next week uh, from Roseburg. Um, we will have the Honey Bee series begin next week on the vlog. You'll get to see the birth. Don't miss that video. The Honey Bee birth was... Intense. The most intense birth yet. And that's including Grasshopper. And, uh, yeah. And all of our own. I'm kidding. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Having a baby in a van trumps any cowbirth, but... <laughs> So, anyways, thanks for joining us for today's show. And uh, hopefully, well, we will see you next week for some stuff. Who knows what else uh, long term, but we'll see you then.